This is Money Stories, Episode 5, Pursuing Financial Independence with Brent and Amy Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Money Stories, a podcast where I interview fellow Catholics and Christians so we can all learn from their money stories. I'm Caitlin Kano, a wife, mom, financial counselor, and student of all things stewardship. Brent and Amy are a young couple with young children. They made the decision early on in their relationship to pursue financial independence. You may have heard the term FIRE, which is an acronym for Financial Independence Retire Early. FIRE is a financial movement and is defined by frugality and significant savings and investment. In this podcast, Brent and Amy discuss what financial independence means to them and how they balance their goals with their family's needs. Enjoy! Welcome, Brent and Amy. I appreciate you two joining us here today. Yeah, hi, Caitlin. How are you? Great. Hi. So today we're going to talk about your pursuit of financial independence. So I'm wondering if you can tell me just in a few minutes um, exactly what your money story is. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, It all really began when we were planning our wedding and we had a budget and we stuck to it. And then that just segued into our personal finances and that we tracked every single penny that we had coming in and going out. And then eventually, um, about about three, four years ago, started re, um, listening to podcasts and books about financial independence, and that got us looking into um, that aspect. And then a year ago, we were introduced to the Faith and Money Matters Bible Study through Compass Catholic, and that um, introduced us to that faith aspect. And that is how that is how our money journey has evolved. Yeah, I guess going back, you know, we were we were raised with like good, uh, good, you know, um, good values, I guess, around money. But it wasn't talked about in our families, and uh, neither one of ours. So it was like it just wasn't talked about, you know. So it was something we had to learn on our own as we, uh, you know, and as we got together and got married something that we um, could learn together and, um, and uh, figure out as we went, because we had to really learn it from the get go and the basics, you know? So, um, so yeah, and then it's, and it's evolved into uh, us becoming much more knowledgeable on the subject and uh, getting pretty good at it here. So, yep. So it's something that you learned about early on um, in your marriage and, and starting in your engagement, it sounds like. What about financial independence spoke to you as a couple? Well, uh, you know, the, the fact that, um, that you can work towards a goal and get away from the regular call it cubicle life or the nine to five life of work and just having more options was what drew me to it initially. And, um, you know, I didn't want to quote unquote work for the man for the rest of my life. You know, I wanted to, to do work that, um, was on my schedule, I guess. And, and, uh, followed my values more in line with our life and, uh, and just have more options in life. So that's what really drew me into it. Uh, Very similar, same thing with me of just having that freedom um, of that options of what you want to do and carving out a life that you want. Um, So very same page as Mick. 
imagine this goal has tremendous effects on your habits and your daily routine. How has this goal affected your daily life compared to your friends or the other people that you spend time with? Uh, good question. You know, we, uh, I'd say we really started getting into it probably, I don't know, three or four years ago, I guess. And, you know, we weren't, you know, in my, through my twenties, I was more, I'm in my thirties now, we're both in our thirties, but in my twenties, I was more of a spendthrift. Um, and then naturally as we, after we got married and then, and we settled down and we started raising a family, a lot of that, you know, stuff went away that was the spendthrift ways because we had to now focus all of our energy on raising the kids and, and having a good marriage with that. Um, so, you know, our daily life kind of set, slowed down a little bit with the kids and that. But as we, as we went through this, we just really started cutting out stuff that we didn't need anymore or was in excess of, you know, stuff that we were using on a regular basis. You know, we were, I mean, quite frankly, we were paying for stuff that we weren't even using. You know, so it was just really absurd. So we, so we backed away on a lot of that stuff. So that didn't impact our daily life so much. You know, that low hanging fruit, we'll call it. But, mm -hmm. but as we dove into it more and we tried to be more aggressive with it, um, then that became, then things became harder. And, uh, and that's when our daily life was impacted a little bit by it. I mean, um, we, you know, we've had to say no to things, uh, you know, and uh, we've had to do more stuff at home. You know, we've had to learn new skills, I, I should say. Um, you know, eating, you know, we have to eat out less, so you have to cook more at home. You know, you right, got to be right. smarter about your grocery shopping and things like that. So that's affected daily life from that standpoint, but it, it hasn't been in a negative way at all, in my opinion. I agree. And I think it's not in a negative way because it's really we're doing frugality by choice. Um, and which is very different from when you are forced to be frugal. And, and then that frugality by choice is definitely a privilege and we're very thankful and blessed. So I think it's been not that hard on us because you are able to um, make that choice to be frugal, but know that you have that money if you needed to spend a little bit more here or there. Um, and it's great because once you break it down to really on our expenses of taking away all those, all those wants, you know, and really breaking it down to what you just mm -hmm. need and then slowly adding back in your wants, um, you really strip down to what it is, your, what are your priorities in life and what really matters. So when you are making these decisions and you're also growing your family at the same time, how do you stay focused on this goal? with this dynamic situation of adding children into, um, into the mix here? That's a good question because, you know, I, I mean, the kids are, I mean, kids don't make your life any less expensive or any cheaper, <laughs> you know, and the more you have, I mean, the more, the more they're going to, uh, cost, but it, that's, it's so inconsequential compared to, uh, the, I think the good that we're doing for for our lives and for the world, you know, we, we want to bring good people, good Christian people into this world and um, Catholic Christian people into the world and, and raise them with the values that we want to instill in them and that we think are good for society as a whole. I mean, that sounds kind of weird saying it that way, but, um, you know, kids don't have to be as expensive as, as you might read in some clickbaity, you know, article mm -hmm. catching title saying that they're going to cost you a million dollars, you know, by the time they're, you know, 18 or whatever. 
um, numbers are exaggerating a little bit there, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, they, they don't have to cost you that much. I mean, if, uh, if, if you wanted to, they could, but you know, you can do things in a, in a more economical way that still gives them all of the benefits of a nice young life and, um, and still instills them all the values that you want, um, without having to break the bank to do it. And, uh, and that's what we're trying to do. So it, it does take a lot of, it does take a lot of thought and action on our parts to, to do that. And how do you, you know, how do you do that? You just have to find creative ways to creative ways around the, Hey, let's just go bust out the wallet and uh, fix this problem with money. So um, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to, to what Amy had said, which was, um, starting with your values and your priorities, right? And if you start from that point, then you're aware of all the luxuries or these, um, these items that we don't need that are luxuries that other people take for granted as necessities with raising children. Um, and really all they need are, you know, they need love, they need food, they need water, and they need roof over their head, but that's pretty much all they need. <laughs> it is true, but they, yeah. we live in a culture that's so like, Okay, so they need a roof over their head, but that can mean one thing from mm -hmm. one person to another, completely different. I mean, one person said, you know, it could be, oh, this house, I can't be in a, you know, a 1300, 1300 square foot house, I need a 3200 square foot house. Well, that dramatically, those two different houses will affect your mortgage and your finances very differently. Um, so you really have to look at, you know, your family, your family size and, you know, meeting just those needs um, and not going too much into the luxury. If you want to keep the cost down of a growing, you know, with a growing family. When I go onto the Facebook groups and to the different social media platforms and people are talking about financial independence, this can run the gamut of people who, you know, water down their milk to make... <laughs> <laughs> last for weeks on end. And, it, you know, there's other people that just taken a few of the um, habit changes and, and they change their lifestyle that way. A topic that I see come up a lot is generosity and how generosity and financial independence can work together. So can you guys speak to that? It would be easy to look at generosity or your giving line item on your budget and say, well, if we don't do that one, then we can, you know, save faster or whatever and beat out of and be into our goal that much quicker. But, you know, I think you'd really do that at the price of, of happiness. And um, the, the, the giving generously is not a, a luxury as we see it. It's a necessity. And it's something that has to be done every year. And we're, we're no saints. <laughs> I mean, we're working towards our goals. And we're still giving what we feel is generous and we're giving as much as we can, I think right now, given all of our other competing resources, let's just call it. Mm -hmm. And our goal right now, I mean, for this year, we'll just say that our goal this year is 5% and we're on target to hit that. And we want to ramp that up by 1% each year until at least till we get to the tithing point and then, um, and see where we go from there. But we're also supplementing that with, um, with volunteer time and with, uh, you know, leading the cause in other ways by sharing our, our time and talent, um, our time and talents, other than just giving money, you know, to the church and um, to causes. So, you know, without, without that, sure, you could probably hit 
your go other goals faster. But you know, it's not in line with our uh, with our core family values. Faith being number one, uh, our marriage yeah. being number two, our kids being number three. You know, then it's health and wealth be number four and five, you know, um, and then our work sure. ethic too. So, and, you know, that actually came from, uh, it came real clear to us in um, a Matthew Kelly book we read recently, and he's a great author, and uh, I can't remember the name of the book right now, but Matthew mm -hmm. Kelly was the author. It's Off Balance. Off Balance. Okay. Fantastic book. I'd highly recommend it, and it really solidified what we were already doing we just didn't have it all put together, kind of, so to speak. And we're like, you know, the kids would take priority sometimes over our marriage. We're like, no, that's, we got to have our marriage has got to be ahead of where they're at. And faith has got to be ahead of where that is. You know, Jesus has got to be ahead of where that is. And, uh, and, uh, and so that, that's our priority and our core values for our family. And, you know, without that, I don't think we would have happiness and it would, it would just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right for us. Otherwise it wouldn't feel right. But, you know, we, but we, we still feel guilty because we're not tithing yet. And this is, we just say this to you with an open heart and, uh, and we're working towards it and it has to be what we're comfortable with. And, mm -hmm. you know, and right now we, we're just working towards that, um, towards that goal. So that's, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's a process, you know, and, uh, um, you know, a year ago when we were introduced to the Faith and Money Matters Bible study of, you know, of the aspect that, you know, it's it's God's money and you're a steward of it. Um, it's a little hard to kind of wrap your head around that and then also of being, you know, generous, you know, but they lay it out of taking steps toward that and we are doing that. So I'm happy, but yes, we are not saints. We're not, you know these massive generous givers but we're getting there yeah yeah i think that we're you know we're in a position where we're young enough that uh, we're going to have a a bigger impact later in life i think than um than we're thinking about right now i mean we we're doing well and um and you know the kids will be in school someday and and we'll be able to you know, between, you know, Anastasia might be able to do something a little bit different on her daily routine that uh, could be more impactful. And um, and if we can work towards a financial independence goal and reach it, and then I would have more time, too, to spend on um, on those types of activities. But we're still trying to figure all this out, right? I don't, if I can stay at work and stay happy and give a whole lot of that away, well, then that's pretty good, too, you know, for, for the people that are receiving it and the charities and things like that. But um, so we don't have it all figured out yet, but but uh, but we know the direction we're going, and um, and we know God's leading the way, and and we're happy to we're happy to follow along and, and share our talents in that way. Well, I do appreciate you too sharing today. This was actually really insightful, and um, I'm just going to throw this out here. I'm wondering you said the word um, guilt over how much you're able to give at this point and in, in during your journey. I would wonder if that guilt is actually just. A blessing in itself and that it's the desire to do better. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but the desire to do better is a blessing. Um, so I wonder if that's just a reframing of the same emotion. I don't know. But, um, yeah. you know, that in itself is, is a blessing because being able to be generous is, God doesn't need us to be generous. He's God. He can take care of what he wants to take care of. But the, <laughs> the benefits of generosity exceed anything we could ever give back to him. Um, so I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. 
You could take yeah. it or leave it. No, that's a good way to look at it because, you know, if you were just, if you were completely oblivious to it and didn't, and didn't have some of that guilt, then you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't know what you mm -hmm. wouldn't, don't know. And then I don't think that's good for you either because, you know, we, we know that, um, that being more generous is and more giving is a good thing. And that um, the more we can do of it, you know, I think the, uh, the better off the world will be. And, you know, we want to leave this world in better shape than when we came into it as, you know, you know, we don't want to be a negative detractor on things and we want to be a big positive influence and, in, you know, starting with our family and then bring that out to others, you know, in a bigger circle as we, as we can. It sounds like you're doing a good job of growing your talents. I was reading the parable of the towns today and, you know, uh, re returning back with increase the Lord. So it sounds like you two are on your journey and I appreciate you sharing your story and thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Caitlin. It, uh, I'm glad your talent is podcasting. You seem pretty like a natural at it. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> I'm returning it to the Lord is what I'm doing. <laughs> All, right. All right. Have a good one. Okay. We'll see you. Bye. For more information about Compass Catholic Ministries, including the various Bible studies and services that we offer, please visit compasscatholic.org. If you enjoy Money Stories, please share it with a friend. You may also like Compass Catholic's other podcast, Manage Your Money God's Way, available wherever you get your podcast. If you have any comments about today's show or suggestions for future shows, please email us at info at compasscatholic.org. Thanks for listening and God bless.